0: Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillam, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband Malone Gillam, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, Our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries, so grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth, and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. Well, good morning. Morning. We're back. It's another Monday. It was especially dark this morning with daylight savings time.
1: Yeah, I slept later than normal.
0: It's funny how a little change like that, a one-hour difference, can, can make a big difference. But I love it. I love having more daylight at the end of the day. Because I know we're heading towards my favorite time of the year.
1: Infernal heat.
0: (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Bring on the heat. (laughs) So today, I have a nice light topic for us. Hot dog. Yeah. The topic of death. What? (laughs) We watched the movie the dig last night and it's on netflix so if you haven't seen it there may be spoilers involved here you might want to pause listening to this and go watch it first um so in suffolk england at the start of world war 2 yes um there was um a discovery of an Anglo-Saxon ship. Um, And it's the story of the, technically the excavator, not the archaeologist, but this man who grew up exploring that area of the world and knowing the grounds really well and his passion and his love for discovering the past and the people of the past and um, the lady who owned the land and her struggle with being close to death herself and that kind of tug of war of um, living and dying. And I, we talk about this kind of, we come back to this topic a lot, but this tug of war and this resistance for death, understandably with people and how we think of death and um, I think it's an important topic, but we don't talk about it a lot as a culture.
1: No, I mean, we still want to avoid it. And again, that's understandable in some respects, because it's a mystery. It's We don't understand it, and so we avoid things we don't understand. Um, so it really, I guess... At one level, it comes down to your attitude of, um, you know, kind of what's the meaning? Is there, is death a transition or is it finality, I suppose? Mm
0: -hmm. Right. I think it's, I thought it was really interesting that this um, excavator was so... um, he had such a passion for discovering the past and and felt such a connection and talked about the the ongoing kind of evolution of people and how as we discover more about the past we're actually discovering about ourselves and where we came from and how rich that that study was for him and that that lifestyle of of exploring and growing was for him And yet you had the woman on the other side who was facing death herself. So she's looking ahead and obviously tormented and resisting it and scared of it. But my point is, if we're connected as this excavator demonstrated, if we're that connected with our past, and the people who came before us are have always contributed and are part of the present. Then doesn't it make sense that that also moves forward into the future? Um, that there is a rich kind of evolving community and connectedness looking forward as well.
1: Yes. Yeah, I just don't think we think about it often.
0: Yeah. well and if if our main obstacle in thinking about death is fear and discomfort with mystery and unknowing then maybe that's an area to get more comfortable with
1: <laughs> well at the very least i think it's if we're if we're going to face it with any honesty it's an area to try to make peace with I, maybe we become comfortable with it i don't know maybe yeah um but to find some peace with it and just not that we're rushing headlong to get there uh but the, yeah we don't approach it with fear
0: yeah and it's hard when the, all the messages of our culture the um the news and and stories and movies, a lot of them do depict death as the worst and the scariest thing you're ever going to face. So, you know, you've got these messages all through our lives that we're hearing and influencing our our ideas and our beliefs. I, I don't know that I can think of a movie other than Mr. Magoriam's
1: Wonder Emporium. Wonder
0: Emporium had a great spin. And uh, Dustin Hoffman was the character who was dying. He had a beautiful outlook on his death and and going into it.
1: Yeah. No, that's a super movie. Um, Our children really liked it. We watched it a bunch of times. Uh, I guess I'm thinking while we're talking here just for clarification's sake, if it needs to be clarified, is we're not talking about being um, foolhardy or uh, not treating death, I guess, with the due respect that it deserves. Um, I guess the way I see this is um, how to be, how to interact with death in a more honest level. And so, what I mean by that is just because we're talking about, well, you don't, you know, fear is something to deal with as it relates to death, that doesn't equate to, well, then you can forget about COVID protocols. There's nothing to be afraid of. Just go out there and, you know, hang out and you don't need to be afraid of death. That's a completely different thing. Uh, we're not talking about foolhardiness no. um, at all. It's it's kind of treating that mystery with some respect but with a little bit more um, well I guess respect is the best word. I was about to say familiarity but I don't know that we ever get real familiar with it but um, just not avoidance of kind of the mystery of that is death and, and we should I should say always subsequent resurrection, because that's the cycle. Um, and no, not reincarnation, <laughs> uh, just the cycle of death and resurrection.
0: Well, and as opposed to the um, the storyline in the dig from last night, that that woman was actually dying from disease, and I'm not talking about—and she was not old— so I'm not talking about life being snuffed out early at any, in yeah. any level. I'm talking about living a full life here into your, you know, your 80s, your 90s, and just that natural cycle of coming to the end of what your body can sustain in right. this natural world.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the very, that's a different – that puts a, some context to it, which I think is important.
0: I, I always was interested as a physical therapist when I would work in the home health arena and and worked primarily with geriatric patients. Um a lot of what I would do and kind of involve myself in was this end of life process with people and and helping them sort through, you know, not just their physical problems, which was my entry point, but there was always a level of emotional, where are you at, and and comforting and supporting, not just the patient necessarily, but the family members who lived in in the house with them. And I always noticed kind of a wide spectrum of where they were in this comfort level with approaching you know the end of their lives what that was like and and just just respectfully noticing how much peace there was Mm -hmm. at that time Um, and it was so nice to see people who were you know what they they recognized i've i've had a great life i'm at peace i could go you know this evening and and that's all good you know that's Wow, that's something to really be admired.
1: Absolutely.
0: And on the other hand, there were those who were, you know, bitter and angry and resentful and and pushing against anything other than life as they wanted it. You know, that kind of control and grasping for Um Living as they did when they were younger, and not wanting anything to change, and that was—it was hard to see because I knew it wasn't going to go well for them. They weren't helping themselves at all. Yeah. So maybe that's um, part of it in terms of all of us relating to this subject. We're we're reading a book by Richard Rohr right now, The Immortal Diamond. And he talks about this this, uh, pattern of death and resurrection throughout our lives in terms of dying to our egos and and growing in our true selves um, on an ongoing basis. So not just physical death, but dying to those you know, addictive patterns or um, protective mechanisms that have gotten us through safely the first part of our lives. But as we grow and as we're ready to start counting our stars, we're ready to let go of some of those things and and go into a richer and deeper and more mature existence.
1: Yeah, and... For those who would want biblical language for this, this is exactly what Jesus means, I believe, when he says uh, to follow me, you got to take up your cross. That the taking up the cross is the the dying to self. It's the death of the ego. It's laying down that I am the one who determines right and wrong and control for my life. And in doing that, there is a death. Uh, you know, it's. It, it's difficult, and, uh, but there is resurrection, right? The, the person that emerges, uh, is more mature and lives fuller, again, biblical language, life in the spirit, or they experience the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, if you will, um, to a greater degree.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that, you know, is a, a, an illustration of again that the geriatric patients who res- were resisting any kind of change or or growth in the direction of you know that natural process of living and dying um and the mystery of death if if you're not willing to take little baby steps in those directions um it it's more suffering i think to live in that place than to start releasing some of that control and um, need to try to stay in in just the same place that you're at.
1: Yeah, I agree. It seems to me, at least from my perspective, the only way I've been able to, begin to even grapple with this subject is that there's got to be a foundation in my life that's um that is good uh, that uh, i believe in as the the core of everything for instance if i believe that this universe is just a A cruel place, and this world is simply just a cruel place, and uh, you know this is all just a big test before God to see if I pass the muster. It's going to be very difficult to come to any peace with the idea of death because it becomes meaningless, and um, it really is just cruel. So I, I think kind of that sort of grappling, if you don't have a foundation that says, you know, everything is upheld by the love and goodness of God, and uh, he, His presence permeates everything. So even though you enter into the unknown and this mystery of something that is called death, the only reason you can find some peace Uh, in approaching it is you believe there's something bigger and better that is good. um, So that even as you step across a threshold that is completely unknown to you, it's not meaningless and against you. Uh, So to me, there has to be that foundational piece of how do I just see the universe and God, and I'm not equating those two things, um, but I think that you can't have one without the other, Um, that that's incredibly important. Um, Or else it's there would be no reason to say, well, I don't want to, you know, why should I make peace with this thing?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, and that's the rub, isn't it? Because if we've been... If we've been given a picture of God that is not kind and welcoming and fully accepting, then that makes death and not knowing what's coming a scary thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No doubt. And I think it's why it's been the most feared thing in human history.
0: You never know what's coming.
1: (laughs) But in saying that, in this movie, The Dig, and I've seen this in my own experience, and I know you have seen it just in the the illustration you gave a moment ago as being a home health uh, therapist and working with people at, with end-of-life issues. The moment you can begin to come to some peace with death... It really releases and unleashes life right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the blossom of life that comes about when you're able to approach that with, you know, no trepidation in a way, uh, it releases unbelievable life in the here and now. You see it in this, this woman in this movie. And there are other movies that are like this uh, and we've seen it in our own lives that the people who are able to do that they are fully present in the now and um the the magnetism and quality of their life glows if you will i mean there's just an almost an aura of um something that's attractive in that
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm Yeah, that fruit of being able to let go and relax and allow, I believe, the life that's in all of us that's been residing there our whole lives. But when we relax and let go, that life is free to be experienced and to flow out from us. And I'd rather live one day like that than 20 years in Fear and um, and prison
1: yeah, the analogy that comes to my mind that's not original to me, that uh, I've read on several occasions is you can think of it in a way that might be helpful as a bird that is kept in a cage. You know, birds were not meant to be kept in cages; they were meant to soar um, and to be free, and a life that's lived in the fear is a life lived in the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still exist, um, but it's not what you were created for. You were created to soar and to really experience freedom.
0: So we have plenty of opportunities these, these days that we are in, you know, with what's happening in our country and in the world of, you know, doing the things practically that, we know are good to do that science is has evolved enough to show us and to help us to do practically for life and living but then also to address when we feel that fear and we notice ourselves kind of tightening up and and resisting against living and and being free and and joy and peace to address okay how can I actually let go of some of this? And of course, I don't know how you do that without realizing at some level that that there is a presence there to help you and to comfort you in that process.
1: Yeah, and this just came to me. And I'm many of you out there probably already realize this, so I'm late to the party. But it seems to me this really is the ultimate uh, example of... Uh, our uh, uh, discomfort with relinquishing control. Because for all of what you just said, of our trying to keep our lives in tidy little boxes and control things, I think the reason we probably fear death and hate the subject more than anything else is we never get to control that. It's going to... It's coming our way. And no matter how hard we try, all attempts to control it are futile. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is finally, it is, it is the one place where f- control, no matter how much you've exercised, it is wrested from your hands. It's mm-hmm. wrenched straight out of your hands. Um, and so the ability to come to some peace with it and relinquish that control on the front end uh, makes life so much better and easier to deal with than trying to keep everything gripped so tightly.
0: There you go. Moving ahead into that growing and learning process. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, we really want you to know that you matter. And we're all really just one big family. So until next week, keep noticing your stars. Enjoy your freedom to explore life and just take it one step at a time. Peace.